Welcome back to another episode of Inside Inside Sales. Brought to you by our sponsor, Vanilla Soft, with your host, Daryl Prale. Join us each week as we interview industry experts in the dramatically growing field of inside sales and sales development. Tune in as Daryl brings you actionable strategies and tactics that can immediately increase your sales and success. So you ready? Hey, Daryl. Thank you, Paul. How you doing, folks? This is Daryl Prale coming at you with another episode of Inside Inside Sales, where we get down and dirty with the industry's innovators, the ones making things happen, the ones who are pragmatic, practical, real, as they come on our show and share their expertise with you about how to be a better sales development rep. We cover lots of topics this week. Well, this week, I just love this topic. I, let me tell you a little story how this happened, folks, and, and then I'll introduce my guests. What I was doing is what I normally do, which is was I was perusing LinkedIn, and there was a time I reached out to uh, Morgan Ingram. If you don't know Morgan, give him a shout. We've done a lot of work with Morgan. And he, he had made reference to me at one point. Listen, you've got to follow Brian Smith Jr. So based on Morgan's referral, I sought out Brian Smith Jr. I saw, I suppose, I saw stuff. I said, that's, that's cool. Connect. Brian, Morgan said we should talk. Boom. Send it out. And of course, you know, minutes later, I get the connection request and boom, we're online. It's great. And it wasn't much long afterwards where I saw the following post shared by Brian. And I'm going to read it and I'm going to bring Brian on the show. All right. So this is what Brian said. He said, the biggest mistake I've made in my sales career was trying to master every aspect of selling. In my opinion, it's a recipe for disaster. Some of the best sales professionals I know capitalize on what they do best. Advice to my young sales professionals. Master an area independently. Master one area of selling at a time. I realized pretty early that I wasn't bad on the phone and I was decent at crafting emails, but where I thrived was prospecting. I had a knack for it. And I began looking at it as a science. Have self-awareness of your strengths and swing for the fences with them. What I loved about this post was I love the transparency. I love the honesty. I love how real it was and I love how valid it was. So really, the theme for today's show is don't make this mistake. And joining me today, of course, is Brian Smith Jr. Brian, how you doing, sir? Good, man, Daryl. Thanks for having me on this. This is, this is definitely exciting. Uh, it is exciting. I mean, I'm as excited to jam about this as you are. Now, if you guys don't know Brian, Brian is a, he's an interesting cat. He's actually just made a career change. And uh, he's still, of course, doing what he always does. But now he's working as a member services executive with the AAISP. If you don't know who that is, that's the American Association of Inside Sales Professionals. His particular focus, of course, is on growing and expanding the community, as well as working with the current members and providing assistance to all their needs. So he is not only a practitioner, he is actually there advocating now for you to be better. So this 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 dude is all in. So and and best of all, Brian shared with me recently, we had some scheduling conflicts and part of that was because he is a new first-time dad. I understand you have a baby girl named Georgia, is that right? Yes, she's beautiful, man. I, I absolutely love her. Cannot take my eyes off her, that's for sure. 
Oh, that's that's just incredible. Now, question. I know you're recording from home today. Is Georgia down the hall? Will we have a little shout out from Georgia during this recording? You know, I, I think she's unpredictable, so we'll see. If you if she does, you'll definitely probably hear it. How you enjoying the AISP? I got to ask you that. It's good, man. Um, I've been looking for an opportunity the last couple of years to give back to the sales community. I did it as a hobby outside of my day-to-day sales job. And so to be able to do it as my actual profession, it's just, it's amazing. I love sales. I've always had a knack for it. And I think if we can somehow make sales people's plan A versus their plan B, right? I think the profession will continue to grow. So it's just been great to join a team of people that have that same vision. And it is a good team of people there. I work with Bob Perkins, who founded the organization extensively. Ashley Becker is, of course, uh, runs the whole sales process there. Ashley's going to be on one of my webinars coming up shortly. Uh, if you guys haven't registered for that, it's all about sales coaching. Check it out at VanillaSoft.com. But in the meantime, uh, you talk about giving back to the community. I mean, you've been doing that already. You are the host of The Launchpad, and that's uh, an online uh, podcast about all things sales, if I'm not correct. How's that going for you? Pretty good. I started out just mainly sales and I just realized that kind of turned into podcasts with people just telling their stories of how they found success. And I've just let it run from there. It's been a great thing to do. You know, nothing more fun and exciting and endearing to get together and jam with people who are like-minded in the same industry than just sharing. And that's what we're going to do today. So again, I love the fact that you were so honest about this and it just resonated with me. I mean, I got to ask the question, what was the catalyst for this post? And that's a great question. I was actually getting ready to make the change um, to work for AISP. And, you know, I just was reflecting on my career and I'm always trying to give back. Right. So it just hit me about where I was, what I was capable of now compared to where I first started. And I remember times of being so frustrated because, you know, none of the cold calls were going correctly. I couldn't get the right messaging in the email out there. It just seemed like I couldn't bring the full circle in my career. Eventually it hit me that, hey, certain people are going to respond to certain things, right? So, so some people are going to respond to email best. Some people are going to respond to cold call best. Some people are going to respond to social best, right? When I realized that when you focus on that, you realize, hey, if I just maximize one skill in one area at one time, you definitely have much more success. So walk me through the process. You had an epiphany moment where yeah. you, you realized that maybe you were trying to do all things to all people. How did you go about recognizing that that was the problem? Was it something that you figured out or did you talk to other trusted advisors in your circle? Like, like how did you zero in on, I'm not good at all these things, but I'm really good here. Honestly, when I started missing quota, I know there's a bunch of people out there that say I crush quota. I've made 114%, 115% of my quota, blah, blah. You know how it goes. When I started realizing I was missing quota and you know, I was make, I was making all the steps that my managers were telling me to do and all the different outreaches they were giving me. I slowly realized that when I was talking to people in certain instances, man, it just wasn't happening for me. So I think in this last job at my previous company, um, the industry was completely different. The type of people and prospects I was reaching out was completely different. And that's when I realized like, okay, this is all phone compared to my first job was all emailing. <laughs> so I realized really quickly then, hey, no one is responding to my emails. Why is that? But I was having much more success on the phone and it was because I had to practice more with the phone. I had to do more round robin. If people don't know what round robin is, it's where you do tons of uh, practice calls with your colleagues or your boss or what have you. Um, so it was when I switched jobs and I realized that I had to rely on 
um, a different type of message compared to my previous job. All right. So just to be devil's advocate with you. Yeah. I mean, shouldn't every sales professional work to improve all of their skill sets, not just one? Yeah. So tough question, right? So yes and no. <laughs> yes, from the aspect of you're going to have to eventually be able to utilize those skill, those skills in the long run, but not at the risk of not meeting quota or losing your job. That makes sense. <laughs> I, think, I, I think that makes sense. So if, I, if I'm hearing you right, you're saying losing your job is bad, just so we're clear on this. Yeah, and, and maybe let me elaborate on that. So I think we need to maximize on all those skills, but at the end of the day, companies care about revenue. They care about you hitting your quota. So if that means the success is solely phone or majority phone, 80, 20 phone to email, and you definitely better figure out the phone at that time. So that's interesting. Now, I would think the natural reaction would be to go, okay, where am I weak? So if I hear you're right, you were saying you're, you're strong on the phone. Uh, you were less successful on the email and that was affecting your quota attainment. Isn't the natural reaction is to say through some self-analysis, and we've talked about this before, folks, on, on Inside Inside Sales, you got to be honest with yourself. Doesn't that say, okay, I'm weak on email, therefore I'm going to do all that I can. I'm going to study. I'm going to A-B test. I'm going to read. I'm going to talk to my peers who are kicking it out of the park who are rock stars in email so I can learn from them. Because it almost feels like you went the other direction. You said, okay, I recognize I'm weak here, so I'm going to go where I'm strong. I'm not, I'm not judging you. It seems to me, I guess my natural reaction would be to try to shore up where I'm weak, but I find it so intriguing that you that wasn't necessarily how you went. Yeah, so I think sales, any sales position that you're in, most of the time the rhetoric is right now. So, hey, we need, we need deals right now. We need revenue right now. And that's why I mentioned earlier, if, if you're weak at email, you probably need to work on that outside of work. I wouldn't try to be maximizing and adjusting things during the work hours necessarily, right? Because again, your ultimate goal as a sales professional is to bring in revenue right now. So at the end of the day, I, I think most managers would say, whatever's working that brings in the money, do that. So while maintaining that and working on the other different things outside of that day-to-day, -day, then you can implement that once you get a hold of that. So when you had this epiphany, did you talk to anybody in, in your circle just to say, am I off base? Am I on? Did you go to your boss and say, here's an observation? Or was this all just self-managed, just you? Yeah. So I think there's two things to that. I'm a very self-aware person. I just always have been. It's something that came to me naturally. But I am always in my inner circle, you know, guys like Morgan Ingram, another buddy of mine, Chris Fago. He's been a mentor to me since I, I moved to Atlanta. I'm always verifying with them like, hey, this is how I feel. This is what I'm thinking. This is what I've experienced. Am I crazy? And most of the time they'll say no. I think that's spot on. And then with that, obviously, I always take a note, you know, whether it's journaling for myself, hey, this is what I figured out. And then that's typically why I'll post something on LinkedIn once I went through it, experienced it, shared it to make sure I'm not crazy. I love that. All right. So what we've learned out of this first uh, half of today's episode is fundamentally, it's what we've said before. It's just be self-aware, folks. Be honest with yourself. Be introspective. Scrutinize your own successes. It's black and white. It's okay to recognize you're not going to be all things for all people. You're going to have weaknesses, just like Brian did here, because that's a sign of a true professional. And once you understand the issue, then you can fix it. And that's what we're going to talk about when we come back right after this. CRM was designed for managing relationships. Sales engagement is designed for starting them. 
Current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time, make less than two attempts to contact them, and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. According to user reviews, VanillaSoft will increase your pipeline and productivity by three times or more. Blow your quota out of the water. How? By ensuring each new sales lead is engaged within seconds, persistently, and with the cadence that is optimal for your prospects. Don't let your sales leads fall into a black hole. Take your lead engagement and sales qualification out of your CRM. Try VanillaSoft for free at VanillaSoft.com. All right, so we're going to talk about how to actually tackle the issue once we've recognized it. In your case, you recognize you were better at prospecting at the phone than you were at email. You recognize that your your advice to sales professionals was that they should master one area of selling at a time. How do you suggest they approach that? How did you approach it? How do you know which area to focus on first? Yeah, great question. So I think it's being aware of the industry you're in, right? So for me, my first job, I've had a couple of different jobs in sales now, but for my first job, it was targeting CEOs in the tech industry, realizing that most CEOs in the tech industry <laughs> tend to be younger people. They're not really picking up the phone. They are emailing. Uh, they're on social a lot, building a brand. Um, that's definitely a big thing. So when I realized that, again, having that self-awareness, that's what I figured out. Okay, let me do everything I can to figure out the emailing part and the prospecting, right? I think prospecting, you can get it down to the science. So... How did you go about doing that? I mean, I say that, you know, candidly, you know, did you set tasks for yourself? Like first I'm going to do this. Like, how did you know that you were, you were achieving what you wanted to do, that you were making forward progress? I think the amount of response. So again, within a team, you've got people around you. I just had a much higher, higher response. So the way I went about it was I measured myself amongst my teammates of the response rates they had, the amount of emails they were sending out, the type of responses they were getting. I literally built out a worksheet that had every single type of response, whether it was negative, positive, the time of response, the amount of response on each day. I recorded everything um, again because I, I needed the data to prove that, hey, this is the perfect steps in order to get to where you need to be with this type of outreach. So that's very interesting because so you did this almost on yourself. It wasn't a matter. You weren't relying on a piece of software to do the analysis for you, per se. You were doing your own you know, personal audit of your progress. Yeah, and I had to, you know, again, I, I started out in a startup, so a little bit more challenging than, you know, we don't have the the funds to necessarily buy those types of resources. That's true. It's very true. And a lot of startups are exactly that way. All right. So now when you did that, did you have any pushback from your sales management? Did they want to say, hey, dude, we need you to do everything, not just one task really, really well? Like how supportive was your sales leadership or not as you went down this road? Yeah, I, <laughs> I'm going to go against the grain here and I'll probably... uh catch some flack, but I think anytime the minority, so the small instance that speaks up to say, hey, this is working better than what we're doing, I think there's always going to be pushback. Um, so definitely had some pushback at first. My first boss, she was a great sales leader. She was great at teaching how to manage phone calls. I was great at prospecting. My first job, I was not great at cold calling. So definitely got some pushback from her. How did you approach those conversations? Was there any techniques uh, techniques or tactics you can share that work for you? Yeah, that that's always tough, right? So 
if you're, I got a couple of different things. If your boss is re- receptive, I think you bring the data to prove it. Data always works. And if they're not receptive, I think you have to do what any good old salesperson does. The numbers have to show and you have to show it physically, right? So if there's competitions that you have with your sales team, you need to be at the top of the list. And when you are, that's when you speak up and say, hey, this is what I've been doing. And this is why we need to change this. or this is why this works. So there's two really important things you said there. One is the data. So the data shows that, you know, I may not be at the top of my game yet. I may not be winning all those competitions yet, but I am making a positive change in the right direction relative to where I've been historically. So therefore, I'm on to something and I should keep on going down this road. And that buys you some time with your manager. You can say, here's the data. The data yep. speaks for itself. But then that builds to some actual victories. I'm winning the contest. I'm hitting my quota. Uh, so even though maybe I didn't go about it the way you, you know, Mr. Manager, uh, Mr. VP wanted me to go about it. In the end, you probably only care about outcomes and results and look at these outcomes and results I'm having. So you gave me the time. I was able to figure it out. And now look where I'm at. Both those cases, it speaks volumes, right? It, 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 it's so easy to have a conversation when you have the data and ultimately, eventually, you have the results to back that up. So that must have made you feel substantially better about the direction you were going in once you, that started to happen for you. Absolutely. And in my career, right then and there, that taught me to, to prevent any and all subjectivity in my job. I don't want anything to be sub- subjective at all. I want it all to be objective. So when I bring it, it's like, this is why. Here's the facts. It's funny. I think we all have these aha moments in our careers. Yeah. And it sounds like that was one for you, right? You finally figured it out and you go, aha, you know, and that's data, it's facts. I remember for me, I'm a marketing guy by trade. I had an early, uh, my first time marketing manager. I had a boss, great guy, really great guy, but gave me zero direction and would touch in with me like once a month. And I was so frustrated because I didn't know what to do. I was on the verge of leaving because I felt like I was just lost. And I said, screw it. And they had that aha moment, right? Screw it. I'm just going to do what I think needs to be done, uh, regardless of what he says needs to be done. And if I'm right, we'll have results. And if I'm wrong, I'll carry my head high as I walk out the door. And that was the best thing for my career because I did get get the results just like you did because we knew what needed to be done and we had the data and we had the processes. And then the boss came back and rewarded me substantially. So every career is defined by that aha moment. It sounds like that's exactly what you had. With that, how would you coach other individuals who are in your shoes, other sales development reps right now who are maybe not hitting their quota to go and do an honest assessment of their strength? Is it something they just look inwardly or do they need to seek the inputs from their management, from their peers, or do they go online on the LinkedIn and say, help? Like, like, how do they figure that out if they're not sure? Yeah, that's a great question. I always believe in when it's trying to figure out self-awareness and evaluate where you are. I think you've got a one, be honest with yourself, realize what's working, what you're doing and what's not. I think you always need to seek wise counsel. Like, so find someone that's close to you, someone that you may have access to be honest with you. I had that uh, very early on. Chris Vega was one of those guys that were very honest with me. So I think you got to do both of those in that aspect. And then, you know, self-education online, finding leaders and I don't really like this word, but thought leaders, people who are kind of pushing the agenda of what's going on with sales. I think you've got to find that. You've got to take all of that in and then find and A-B test what works for you. I love it. We always circle back to that A-B test. It's so, so true. When you think you might be honest something, an A-B test will prove it pretty fast. Now, you mentioned find some thought leaders. I'm assuming you mean LinkedIn and whatnot, Twitter, perhaps. You know, you mentioned uh, Vega. Are there any other thought leaders that come to mind that were influential for you? Yeah, absolutely. Probably number one is... John Bar- John Barrows, 
definitely was a heavy influence on me. The guy was so real straightforward. He kind of has the no BS, no subjectivity with sales. I think another person that truly helped me from a, even though I wasn't a manager just yet, but Trish Bertuzzi really, I feel like gave me the thoughts of how my manager was probably thinking about my role. She was definitely another influence on me. Obviously, Morgan Inger, when I connected with him, him and I were kind of connected in a partnership. But the more I was around him, the more I'm downloading his content. He was definitely an influence in me. I'm trying to think of one more. You mentioned, what you think of that one more? You mentioned Trish. Did you talk to Trish or just following her? Are you just reading her books? Are you following her? Because I love what you said there. It allowed you to kind of view yourself through your boss's eyes by understanding what she was posting. That was a very unique point of view. (laughs) Long story short. So Chris Fago, which goes, again, it goes back to having those people around you to be able to keep you in check, right? Keep you honest. He gave me the book, read the book, connected with Trish online, told her I loved her book. And funny, you asked a couple of weeks ago in Boston, I actually got to meet up with Trish and just said, hey, look, I just really want to quick say thank you so much for what you have provided. It is great. Keep doing it. Keep doing what you're doing for the sales development community. Um, and I've been connected with her since. So. She's a she's a legend in the space. Um, now, which book was it? Was it the uh, the playbook? Sales book? development playbook. Yeah, it, it, it was a game changer. Sales development playbook. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. I will give her a shout out on the on the post for this so she will know how much of a game changer it was and morgan and and uh, john barrows both great guys we've had them both on our shows they're fantastic so you can't go wrong with that and of course you must have made an impression because morgan was the one told me to connect with you so there you go guys i guess me circle back full where we began it was all about being honest and not to make this mistake so what's the first step anybody listening right now who thinks they can identify with you, they're in that situation. What's the first step they should do to start down this same path to get to the same end game that you did that you got to? I think first is to figure out what's not working for you. I think you take every type of skill set you're doing in sales, whether it's uh, cold email, cold outreach, social, you figure out what is not working for you. So you've got to be attempting to do all of them at first, right? Figure out which one is not working. And again, it's going back to writing down all that data. Okay, out of how many calls you're making, which ones are converting, how many are converting, and all the emails you're sending, which ones are getting responses. And on social, is anyone involved with your posts? Are they messaging back? I think you put all that data in a spreadsheet, right? And you start from there. That's the first step. Second step, I would say, is bring it to someone who can keep you accountable. I wouldn't advise a boss necessarily. Just because your boss wants you working and they want you to bring in revenue right then and there, I would find a mentor, right? A Morgan Ingram, a Chris Fago, a John Barrows or whomever, and then let them know what you're doing and have them give you input, right? So you don't know what you don't know. So educate yourself on that with those mentors. And then third, I think you just got to jump in like any good salesperson, jump in deep with whatever you're committing to and do it. All right. So there you have it. Don't make this mistake. Learn from me as per Brian Smith Jr., host of the Launchpad, rock star at AISP, co-GM of the Atlanta Enterprise Sales Forum, a man who lives, breathes, and dies all for sales. He is a true practitioner in, in the truest sense of the word, and I am so delighted that we had time to spend with you today, sir. If you don't follow Brian on LinkedIn or Twitter, don't hesitate. Get off your behind and do it now, just like I did, all because Morgan told me to. He is a wise, wise man. If you don't follow Morgan, you should do that too. If you haven't read Trish's book, do it. As you see, this it's a bestseller for a reason. What you'll love about Trish's book is it's just pragmatic. It's just really down to earth. 
and it really just makes sense. So with that, Brian, thank you so much for your time today and for being transparent and for being honest. Daryl, absolutely, man. I appreciate this. Let's do it again. We shall do it again. In the meantime, we're out of time here, folks. I had a blast. And that's it. We'll be back next time with another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. In the meantime, you take care, folks. We'll talk to you soon. Bye-bye. You've been listening once again to another episode of Inside, Inside Sales. Hosted by Daryl Prail, the CMO of VanillaSoft. Tune in every other week for actionable ideas to increase your sales productivity. One of the many shows on the ever-growing Funnel Radio Channel. Sponsored by VanillaSoft.